Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Leviticus 10. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that our worship would be acceptable to you. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Leviticus 10 And Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, each took his censer, and they put fire in them and placed incense on it. Then they presented before Yahweh illegitimate fire, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from before Yahweh, and it consumed them, so that they died before Yahweh. Therefore Moses said to Aaron, This is what Yahweh spoke, saying, Among those who are close to me, I will show myself holy, and in the presence of all the people I will display my glory. So Aaron was silent. Then Moses summoned Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, Aaron's uncle, and he said to them, Come forward, carry your brothers from the front of the sanctuary to outside the camp. So they came forward and they carried them outside the camp in their tunics, just as Moses had ordered. Then Moses said to Aaron and to his sons Eleazar and Ithamar, You must not let your hair hang loosely, and you must not tear your garments, so that you will not die, and he will be angry with all the community. But your brothers, all the house of Israel, may weep because of the burning that Yahweh caused. But you must not go out from the entrance to the tent of assembly, lest you die, because Yahweh's anointing oil is on you. So they did according to Moses' word. Then Yahweh spoke to Aaron, saying, You and your sons with you may not drink wine or strong drink when you come to the tent of assembly, so that you will not die. It is a lasting statute for your generations, and to distinguish between the holy and the unholy, as well as between the unclean and the clean, and to teach the Israelites all the rules that Yahweh has spoken to them through Moses. Then Moses spoke to Aaron and to his sons Eleazar and Ithamar. As for the remaining parts, take the remainder of the grain offering from Yahweh's offerings made by fire and eat it, the unleavened bread beside the altar, because it is a most holy thing. And you shall eat it in a holy place, because it is your allotted portion and the allotted portion of your sons from Yahweh's offerings made by fire. For so I have been commanded. And the wave offering's breast section and the upper thigh of the contribution offering you must eat in a clean place, you and your sons and your daughters with you, because they are given as your allotted portion and your sons' allotted portion from the sacrifices of the Israelites, fellowship offerings. They must bring the thigh of the contribution offering and the breast section of the wave offering, in addition to the offerings made by fire, consisting of the fat portions, to wave as a wave offering before Yahweh, and it will be for you and for your sons with you for a lasting rule, just as Yahweh had commanded. Then Moses sought all over for the goat of the sin offering, and behold, it was burned up. So he was angry with Aaron's remaining sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, saying, Why did you not eat the sin offering on the sanctuary site? Because it is a most holy thing. And he gave it to you to remove the community's guilt, to make atonement for them before Yahweh. Look, its blood was not brought inside the sanctuary. Certainly you should have eaten it in the sanctuary as I commanded. So Aaron said to Moses, Look, today they presented their sin offering and their burnt offering before Yahweh. And things such as these have happened to me. And if I were to eat a sin offering today, would it have been good in Yahweh's eyes? 
when Moses heard it. It was good in his eyes. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. Leviticus started with the instructions about sacrifices, and then we have a story section where they put that to use in the consecration of the priests. And then in chapter 9, we had some sacrifices offered for a special occasion when God's glory would appear to the whole congregation. At the end of chapter 9, Yahweh sent fire on the altar and burned up the burnt offering in an instant, and all the people shouted and fell on their faces. Now, in chapter 10, Nadab and Abihu, two of Aaron's sons, the priest, took their censer with fire and put incense on it to offer to Yahweh. A censer is a container for fire that can be carried and can have incense placed on it. I've seen different pictures that suggest a handle on the censer or chains so it can be held from above. We aren't told the design of these censers. Anyway, Nadab and Abihu decided that the situation called for an offering of incense. However, God hadn't commanded an offering of incense. Some people have also suggested that they got the fire from an unauthorized source. However, the phrase illegitimate fire may just be referring to the fact that they were making up their own way of worshiping God, as the rest of the sentence indicates. God immediately responds by striking Nadab and Abihu with fire. This may have been more like a lightning bolt rather than a flamethrower, because we find out that their clothes were still relatively intact. In any case, it seems that they died instantly. Then Moses makes this statement in verse 3. Therefore Moses said to Aaron, This is what Yahweh spoke, saying, Among those who are close to me, I will show myself holy, and in the presence of all the people, I will display my glory. So Aaron was silent. Moses gets Aaron's cousins to carry the bodies outside the camp. Touching a dead body would make a person unclean for a period of time, so Aaron and his remaining sons cannot touch the bodies, since they are performing their priestly duties and must stay clean. In fact, Moses commands Aaron, Eleazar, and Ithamar not to even show the typical signs of mourning. He says that everyone else in the congregation can show signs of mourning, but the priests cannot while they are ministering to God. Then we get some more instructions for the priests and how they must be holy to God. They cannot drink any alcoholic beverages when they are going in to be in the tabernacle area, so they make proper judgments. Moses repeats the instructions about which parts of the sacrifices the priests can eat. They must eat in a holy place, which means inside the tabernacle courtyard. And for their part of the fellowship offerings, their family can also eat. Moses says their sons and daughters can also eat from the priest's part of the fellowship offering, which was the breast and the upper thigh. Later on, we will get more detail on who exactly counts as part of the priest's family. Then Moses looked around for the goat of the sin offering. The priests were allowed to eat the sin offering when the blood wasn't brought into the tent, and the blood hadn't been brought into the tent here. So Moses was checking to make sure they were eating that, but it turned out that they had burned it up. And Moses was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar about that. But Aaron gave the explanation that Nadab and Abihu had died that day, so they didn't feel that God would approve of them eating the sin offering. And Moses was satisfied. And now for a deeper dive. Could we commit the sin of Nadab and Abihu today? And if so, would God strike us dead? For that second question, I think the answer is probably not. But I think that we can commit a similar sin today, though probably not to quite the same degree as Nadab and Abihu. The sin, I believe, is 
thinking and acting like we get to decide how to worship God ourselves, to just make up something and assume God will be pleased. Moses said that those who are closer to God have to be especially careful to keep God holy. Holy means set apart, in a special category. So we cannot treat God like just anyone. Now, we aren't left on our own to try to figure out what God wants and just walk on eggshells hoping we don't offend him. God has given us his word to tell us what he wants. Now, God gave some very specific instructions to the Israelites for how to worship him, and he let them get much closer to himself. In fact, in the context here, God had shown the Israelites his glory, and Nadab and Abihu decided to do something themselves here that God hadn't commanded. In a way, they were trying to steal the show a bit, and God showed emphatically that is wrong. There's a similar story in the book of Acts, when the church is very new, and Ananias and Sapphira donate some money from the sale of some property to the church. But they lie and say they have donated all the money from the sale of the property while they kept back some. They were trying to look good, but they also loved money, and God struck them dead. Now, God hasn't continued striking people dead instantly when they lie since then, but we could easily be trying to look good and bring glory to ourselves in our worship, rather than bringing glory to God. I don't think the sin here was, oops, they didn't follow protocol. The sin here was that they were glorifying themselves rather than God. Moses commits a sin later that will keep him from entering the promised land, and it's a very similar sin, not glorifying God. So the question for us is, am I worshiping God, or am I trying to look good? And we might be tempted to start thinking about everyone else and judging them. But since this is a hard question, we are only barely qualified to ask this about ourselves, much less about anyone else. You and I could look from the outside to be doing the same thing, but our hearts could be very different on the inside for why we are doing that. So it is a tough question that we need to continually work on. Am I worshiping God here? And if our heart is right, wanting to worship God, then we will want to learn about what pleases God from his word and follow that instead of making up our own ideas. Now, we might be tempted to start judging other people and what they have come up with, and it is a bit more complicated when we are worshiping God together as a church because we have to all agree on what that will look like. But if we start with our own heart, I think we will be able to work together in a way that pleases God. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.